Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Anita, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am so excited to have you here as a guest. You are such an incredible woman. You are also an incredible Clever Girl Finance mentor, and you just have so much amazing insight to share. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Thank you very much, Paula. I'm very excited to be here. It's been, what, over a year, maybe two years in the making. <laughs> we were going to do- I know. This, yeah, we were going to do this um, just as the pandemic hit and then everything just fell apart, <laughs> all the planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my name is Anita, also known as Berry Dakara as well, and um, also known as Mommy Oyoyo. Uh, Mommy Oyo is a podcast I started, I think, two years ago to reach um, the modern African woman talking about all things motherhood. Um, I'm also, as well, I mentioned, a Clever Girl Finance Mentor, which I do on the side. It's, I guess it's a little bit, it's not a side hustle, but it's a second job, I guess, to bring in some, <laughs> ex- to bring in some extra money. And um, in my daytime job, I work as an administrative assistant with um, one of the bigger home retail companies. And it's a job I started, I think, two or three months ago. It's the second job I've gotten during the pandemic. So I'm very grateful to have been able to not only keep a job, but to get new jobs that have brought in a little bit more income each time. So that's a good thing. Um, I live in Atlanta with my parents and my almost four-year-old daughter. And that's about it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Anita. And one of, I guess, the big things that has happened to you in the last couple of years was getting your finances together, improving your finances, Um, especially coming out of a, or navigating through a divorce. And so I would love for you to talk about just what was the moment um, in your life that you were navigating in terms of you wanting to improve your finances? Why did you want to do it? What compelled you to do it? How did you get things started? Okay. So I should say that I started reading the Clever Girl Finance blog when it was just a blog how many years ago. Um, cause I was a blogger as well. And I liked seeing another Nigerian woman blogging and talking about finances because there weren't that many, 
I guess, Black women or specifically African Nigerian women talking about finances. And I liked the easy style with which you wrote Bola. So that was... <laughs> So that was very attractive to me and it started me thinking about my personal finances. But I should say that the period when I decided I would sign up as, you know, for the for Clever Girl Finance, when it was the Clever Girl Finance Academy, was in 2016 after I moved back to the US from Nigeria. I'd spent five years in Nigeria and decided to move back with my then husband. And it took me about six months to get a job, which of course meant that there was no money coming in. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but my, the job that I left in Nigeria, I hadn't been paid for five months. Wow. So I was beyond dead broke and at a point ran out of the little money that I had saved up. So when I did get a job, not a very well-paying job here um, at a CJ Maxx, I needed to know how best to manage the little money that was coming in so that I wouldn't squander it all, you know. And that's when I signed up for Clerical Finance um, Academy. It did take, well, about a few months later, I kind of had to drop off because I got pregnant and then was on bed rest and got on short-term disability, which means my paycheck like was slashed all the way slashed (laughs) and I just couldn't afford to I had to make some changes which meant you know dropping some expenses but once I was able to uh, after I had my baby and I went back to work I got back on to Clever Girl Finance and here we are. You know Anita I didn't realize you read the blog in the early days I do remember exchanging emails with you in the Clever Girl Finance Academy and then you uh, talking more with Esther and things like that, but I didn't realize you were an early reader of the blog. Thank you. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I used to tell everyone like, "Oh, you should read this blog. You should read this blog." Up until tomorrow, <laughs> up until tomorrow, I tell everybody to read the blog. I feel like the blog is an underrated resource. There's so many articles on everything. There's nothing you won't find on the blog, and I just love that. It's very simple, straightforward easy to digest I will forever and ever when I when I have my clever girl mentor calls I'm like have you read the blog (laughs) well thank you so much for being such a huge advocate um you know of clever girl finance and the blog and also for being a part of the company so Anita some things that you said stood out you talked about not getting paid for five months and then not being able to find a new job for six months that's 11 months of no income that you did not plan not to get um you talked about a then husband which means that obviously you transitioned out of your marriage and became a single mom and um, navigating finances on a solo income. And you talked about not earning a lot, right? I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that TJ Maxx was paying you six figures. (laughs) No, definitely Um, not. And I'm not earning six figures now. (laughs) So how, you know, and I, I find that this is a challenge for many people, not earning enough, having a pause in income, having an income reduction, either from a life circumstance, like a divorce or like having to, especially during this pandemic, downsize the type of job they were doing because they just need to bring money in and they got laid off. How did you manage all of this emotionally, mentally, and still be there for your, for your daughter? How did you stay motivated? Um, 
I would say that I had the support of my family. I think it was a, I think it was great timing that I happened to move back to the US when I did and had my parents' house to live in while all of this was going on. Uh, my brother and sister live not too far away as well. I have another sister in Michigan and just having their support mentally and emotionally was very helpful. And I should say financially as well, because I remember there were times, you know, when my daughter was much younger, when I would wake up and one of my sisters has put in like $500 in my account just because, and I would end up just crying mm-hmm. like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, I didn't ask for it, but they were very willing to help out when they knew that I needed help. And it's something that I've been able to do myself now since I'm more stable. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that it's very, very, and also from friends as well. I had friends who would, you know, just donate like 50 bucks here and there. And it's, again, it's something that I do for other people when I see it, especially when I see single moms, Mm -hmm. um, if they're, you know, if I'm close to them and I know that, you know, they might be struggling here or there, I will, um, give out some money, you know, and not expect it back. I think that's very, very important as well. So, just having the support of my family kept me afloat and something that kept me motivated to keep going was my daughter. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to provide a good life for her. There are things of course that I wanted at different points, you know, that I just couldn't afford and, but that was okay. But I knew that going forward, you know, I had different goals in mind. Like for instance, uh, I started paying for her swim classes last year and something that I wanted to do when she was two years old, but I just couldn't afford it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year I could afford it. And so we've started. And then come this fall, my plan is to enroll her in ballet classes because mommy, look at me, I'm a ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I know the kind of life that I want to give to her. And that just kept me going. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you had your family and people around you to support you. And I'm a huge believer that people make the world, right? Sometimes people are in really difficult situations and they don't have a way out. And the only way out is the help someone can give them in that moment to just help them stay motivated, to help them get on their feet and start to make the progress on their own. I think too many times, especially in the personal finance community, um, there's a lot of, and I've seen this a lot where if someone has to seek help, they, people just deem you irresponsible without even knowing anything about your circumstances, without having any empathy, without having any compassion. I saw that happen so much last year during the pandemic with, especially when it first started, there were so many, I told you so, I told you so, good for you. Why didn't you save type of social media content, podcasts. And I'm like, wait a minute, you don't know someone's situation. They could be dealing with illness, trying to leave a relationship lost a job, so many factors that get someone to a point where they could have just been starting their financial journey. So many factors get somebody to a point where they're trying to get back on their feet. They may not have been paid like you for 11 months, right? Right. Um, So just, you know, and this is just a reminder to people who are listening to the podcast that just to be kind and support is everything because you never know when you yourself will need that support. And I love that your family was there to support you and that your sister, you know, your, your sister was there to like, just give you a $500 deposit because she knew that you needed it. Yeah. 
and, and didn't, so, what, so what you just said so what you just said um i remember on my podcast the mommy oyoyo podcast talking about my single motherhood journey and someone asked a question about how you can help your friends who are single parents and i mentioned you know if you have the money you can donate to your friends who are single parents and who you mm-hmm. know might be struggling and i got a comment that was very it was a little bit off putting because the person was trying to say that i expect people to take care of their friends that are single parents you know and i'm like that's not what i was saying i'm not expecting somebody like a random stranger or a random friend to well you know pay my bills or whatever mm-hmm. but if you're a close person to me if you're a close family member or a friend and you can afford it do not give if you cannot afford that's a mantra that i have if i cannot afford to let that money go i'm not giving it sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know someone says can you lend me money no i've been bitten and i've learned that's one of my worst mistakes was going to give money that i didn't have and um it took me a very very long time to pay off so yes be kind to other people i'm not saying that it's your responsibility to take care of the people around you but if you can i mean we're all human beings just be kind you know give what you can when you can that is not that is not um negatively impacting your own goals that's what i would say mm-hmm. you know generosity empathy these are traits that in some way are just over time becoming dimin- diminished <laughs> um i i definitely believe you don't give what you can't afford but there's nothing wrong in giving there's nothing wrong in helping and i think most people know when you look at your family members when you look at your friends people who are struggling around you you know who is serious and who is not serious you know who is struggling right. by choice because they're lazy they don't want to work they're whatever it is they don't care they have no goals and you know who is struggling because they have hit rock bottom and they don't have a way out like you know who those people are so yeah. obviously you don't want to enable the person who's struggling by choice because they don't want to work and they know you're always going to give them money no but right. if you can right. help someone who needs to help that is trying to get themselves back on their feet right why not help that person if you can afford to like you said there were things you didn't take your sister's money and pay for swimming lessons right no you couldn't I didn't. do that there were things you couldn't I do I paid for daycare exactly there were things you couldn't afford to do and you didn't do them even though you had your family helping you like you know you still even though you had your parents letting you live in live in their house you still were out there looking for a job you still were in the clever girl finance academy trying to figure out your finances you still there are so many conversations you've ha- you've had and even so many sh- stories that you shared within our um team chat that um just show who you are <laughs> and you know so when people say comments like that I-, i wouldn't even worry about them i get those comments all the time <laughs> <laughs> about different things and sometimes it's never it's it's not about you it's about that other person but you know generosity empathy there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with helping someone who is struggling even if they have made mistakes we've all made mistakes right that yeah. have led us to somewhere that we don't like and single moms really really do have it hard i have friends who are single mothers that are successful but their beginning story was a struggle Mm-hmm. especially the moms who gave up their careers to raise their kids and had no mm-hmm. idea of the family finances. I saw that growing up 
all the time with my mom and her friends. I can't tell you how many times my, my mom's friend will come and cry. Oh my God, this, that I don't have money or a friend would spend the night in our house because she just, she just had no option. So yeah, I just have a, you know, it's, there's a, this is a very, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here, but <laughs> there really is. There's a lot with, you know, single motherhood and, and, and finances. It's it mm. different. I feel like it's a completely different part of finances that needs to be really explored and given flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at the beginning of, you know, my marriage disintegrating, one of my cousins in England, she gave me this advice and it's something that I carry and give to other single moms. And what she said was, try to to make sure you're in a position where you can afford to take care of yourself and your child without relying on the financial supports of their father. Hmm. It's not to say that you're letting the fathers off the hook and they shouldn't contribute towards the financial well-being of their children. They absolutely should. Absolutely 100%. In fact, I say this to myself, that there's a special place in hell for men who are not taking care of their children, who are not Mm -hmm. supporting. It's a different thing if, you know, you're unable to work. It's a Mm -hmm. different thing. But it's just that you're working and you're refusing to contribute to the upkeep of your children. There's a special place in hell. It's God that will punish you, not me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is um, to get to a place where you can afford the lifestyle that you want for your children without needing extra help. And this is just for your own peace of mind. You know, if the money comes, or rather when the money comes from their father, awesome 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 job because you can use that money for savings or for some extra splurging or whatever but the bottom line is if you can get to that point you might not be there now but work towards it mm-hmm. are there courses you need to take are there um classes you can take is there a second job you can you can grab onto is there a side hustle you can start you want to get to a point where you are able to take care of your needs without relying on some on, on, on their father. Mm-hmm. That was the advice that my cousin gave to me. And it's something that I carry dear to my heart. So is... even as I am now, um, yes, I'm comfortable now. Thank God. Uh, my daughter's father is, 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 is he's, he has, he has stepped up quite a bit, quite a bit. So um, that has fast tracked my savings and all, and on all of that, but I'm still not where I want to be. So I'm looking forward to in the next year or two years, getting to a position where I can say, you know what? I don't need your money. Bring it all, but I don't need your money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the advice your your cousin gave you is similar to the advice my mom gave me. And, you know, my mom, my parents have been married for 50 years now. My mom would always tell me husband or no husband. (laughs) You need to have your own money. A husband does not make you. A man doesn't make you. She would tell me, she tells me that all the time. Like, yeah, great. Your husband's amazing. But husband or no husband, you need to have You don't know what could happen. You don't know what could happen. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, um, a guy in New York. He and his um, children's mother are not together. They live in the same house and everything. But he told me how he was talking to his younger sister, um, 
about making sure that you have your own money because God forbid, and it's not always divorce that causes the man to go away. Unfortunately, he can become incapacitated where he can't work anymore, which Mm -hmm. means he has lost his income or God forbid he dies. Then what? Then what? Both parties should be in a place where, you know what, if the other person can no longer work, then can I on my own take care of our family? And do I know what's happening with my family finances? I think that's also incredibly important too. Very Because, you know, sometimes you might jointly agree in your relationship. Okay, I'm going to stay home and take care of my kids, right? But then you still need to know what's happening with finances so that, you know, you can... You can just plan. You can just right. Know. What bank accounts do we have? How much savings do we have? What are our expenses? What are we planning for ahead of time? If there's life insurance, what is there? And all you need to know all of these mm-hmm. things. It's just basic, you know. And it doesn't take a lot to ask and to find out all of these things that make your home or your family run. I agree. And, you know, the, in, in December, I was reading a stat that just, it really hurt me, this stat about just mothers, women, um, both single moms or breadwinner moms, who in December, I think the stat was like 99.5 or 99.9% of jobs that were lost in December of 2020 were held by women. And then something like 70% of the job replacement of women who had lost their jobs was taken on by men. And, I was surprised that that headline, that statistic did not get more movement, did not get more, you know, like people kept talking about the impact of the pandemic, but the impact of the pandemic, it was hard on everybody, but more so hard on mothers, more so hard on single mothers, because these women who wanted to work, these women who had businesses could not go to work because their kids could not go to school. And if they could not go to work, they couldn't pay for a childminder at the time, schools, daycares, all these things were closed and there was a devastating loss of income, change of lifestyle. And it wasn't because these women were not hard workers. It wasn't because these women, you know, had not put aside a little bit of money. Because sometimes when you're just starting to save, that money is not enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're living on a low income, you're living paycheck to paycheck, not because you're responsible, not because you're in credit card debt, but because you are not able to earn enough, which is a reality for many, many I was there. People. I was there. It is, it is, it is hard, right? Um, my cleaning lady took some time off and she's like, she didn't come because she didn't want to ask me if she could bring her daughter. I was like, of course, bring your daughter. If you need to work, of course, bring your daughter. So it's just something for folks to think about. Like we, sometimes we, we, we read the headlines, oh, single moms, oh, women, oh, whatever. But then just, if you put some thought behind it, you really understand why these are issues. And yes, there are many issues in, you know, in the world, but this is just one of those ones that I think it's important to talk about, especially since this is a platform that represents women. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely agree. Definitely agree. I remember um, with my daughter, um, her daycare closed in March because I think the case from her school was the eighth recorded case in Georgia at the time. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, uh, so school is closing for how long? They're like, oh, they don't know. I'm like, ah. I had to reach out to my bosses and like, excuse me, please, I need to work from home because my child can't go to school. I don't have anyone to watch her. 
And thankfully, um, our organization was able to transition everyone to, well, most of the people, <clears throat> uh, the corporate staff to work from home. And at the time I was doing a customer service job, I remember sometimes she's like on me, mommy, 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 and I'm on the phone with the customer and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But there were a lot of empathy, uh, there was a lot of empathy, you know, with customers are like, you know, just go take care of her. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere, you know, and yeah. they'll sit down for me to calm her down for a little bit and then get back to, but all of this just to say that it, it, it can be hard. It is hard. Um, it's tough for single moms out there, but you know, we do what we have to do for our children. Yeah. Yeah. So Anita, one of the, the things that you did, you've done on your journey is that you have paid off debt despite your low income, despite your income gaps. So I'd love for you to share how much debt you paid off and how did you do it? How did you manage your budget to be able to still make your payments and pay off this debt despite the little earnings you were earning? And you know, I think this is important to share because many people who are not earning a lot, a lot, many people who are earning low income don't think they can pay off their debt because their debt seems so huge and their income seems so low. And it just seems like a fool's errand, basically. Like, what's the point? But you have done it. And so I would love for you to just share your experience as to how much you paid off and how you did it. Okay. So I paid off about $20,000 in debt, I think in a couple of years or so. Um, and I should say that, of course, living with my parents and not having to pay rent was a huge, huge help for me. I have to make that clear. Um, not everybody has that opportunity, but if you can move back in with family, you know, you might have to suck up your independence. You might have to suck up some pride. If you can do that, do so. Um, but that was definitely a huge help. Something that I did, though, I had to have a very, very strict budget, very strict budget, as in I couldn't deviate more than $20 out of my budget. Otherwise, mm. I would owe somebody money. And that was something I never, ever wanted to do. The good thing is that I had saved money while um, while I was pregnant, even though, yes, I was on short-term disability and the money coming in was very little, I saved up all of that money. Um, my parents helped watch my daughter for the first year of her life, so I didn't have to pay daycare fees for that one year. And I knew that in this one year, <laughs> while she's at home, I need to save all the money that I can. So there was a point where, to be honest, I was like, my income was coming in and helping to pay the bills, but I also needed to dip into my savings account to supplement and cover all of my bills, cover all of the expenses. So yes, there was still dipping into my savings, but at least all of the bills were paid, including my credit card bills, and the debts that I owed. I think I owed a, it was a car payment, a car note, and also some medical debts that came from nowhere, which because of that, I'm not going to the ER anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those bills will get you. I'm not going to the ER anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm throwing up, no problem. I'll find something. I'll sit down now. <laughs> drink, yeah, water. Had, <laughs> drink water. Drink <laughs> water. 
<laughs> I had a very, very strict budget. Um, I also learned to distinguish between my needs versus my wants. My needs were paying off my expenses, my bills. My needs were getting, making sure that my daughter's needs were taken care of. Things like wants were getting my eyebrows done. It's not necessary. <laughs> at least it wasn't necessary at the time. There's nobody that will not talk to me because, oh, your eyebrows aren't perfectly threaded. So I cut that out. <laughs> um, something else I cut out. I think there was a time during one summer where I'm like, eh, it's hot. I'm driving by McDonald's. Let me just get a mocha frappe. It's $2, no big deal, right? And then one day I decided to sit down and calculate how much money I'd spent on McDonald's. I'd spent over $70 buying mocha frappes, I think in like a three-month span. I remember I, this because you posted it in, in, uh, in the academy. <laughs> I did because I'm like, what is that? I'm spending $70 on mocha frappes. What is that? So at that point, I stopped going to McDonald's and I learned how to make the mocha frappes because that money could have gone towards the car notes or could have gone towards my medical debt or it could have gone towards my credit card bill, right? Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> something else I also did, uh, I automated my savings. So yes, even though I was dipping into my savings to pay off my bills, I was still saving regardless. Mm -hmm. I almost, I That's the whole point savings. though, because you, <laughs> especially if you don't have a lot of money, you're saving so you can cover bills so that you don't have to go into debt to pay those bills. Exactly. Sometimes that's what it is, especially exactly. when you're trying to get your feet to get, get on your feet. That That's what it is. Exactly. I didn't want to have to use my credit card to pay off my bills. So yes, I was saving. And I'll take from the savings. That's what I did. Um, I also enrolled in a program at my bank where every transaction I made with my debit card, I got, they, they put away a dollar for every transaction. And with the way I swipe my card, like I swipe my card at the grocery store or to buy gas or whatever, that's about $300 a year or $350 a year. So that's a good program that I liked. And then finally, something that I did was I opened a separate savings account with the credit union and refused to get a debit card because I didn't want to have easy access to that money. That's just <laughs> exactly. how I roll. Forget the debit exactly. card, forget the checks. Look at the balance online and not be able to transfer and it'll frustrate your life, but you can't exactly. spend it and it's good for you. Yes. Exactly. So it's very easy to put money in that account. Very easy. Like I just open up my apps, dun, 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 transfer money in there. But if I want to take money out, I have to go to the bank on a Saturday. I have to drive all the way over there <laughs> to a teller and say, hi, please. I don't even remember my account number. What's the number? And write out the whole thingy and then um, get, get, get some money out. So for me, that's been a very, very big thing that savings account that's where i've been able to put a significant amount of money for myself and also for my daughter i love so, that those are some other things that i've done thank you for sharing that and you know anita just watching you in the last couple of years um there are many things that you may not realize about yourself is that um 
when you were paying off your debt to you, you were not really counting your progress because you were working so hard to do it. And you couldn't really see the progress until you, I think almost got to the end of the tunnel. You're like, oh my God, wow, let's celebrate. I paid off all this this money. And I think you went through phases of self-awareness, like, you know, how am I behaving? What is, what is causing me to do this? Like the McDonald's frappes. That was so hilarious when you posted that. <laughs> I should say but, you though, know, I'm back to drinking frappes from McDonald's. But now you can afford it and it's in your budget, girl. So hey. <laughs> exactly. I should tell you though, um, the with, with the debt payment, um, when I first signed up for Clerical Finance, one of the things I did was a financial snapshot. And I wrote out how much money I was, how much money I was making from work, my income. I, I wrote out how much money I owed with my credit card, with the car notes, with the medical debt. I wrote out all of that. I had a financial snapshot. And then a year later, I don't even remember why I decided to just go through that previous notebook. It was a year later. And I wrote out the same thing, my income, the amount of debt I had. And I think at that point I'd paid off, I think Mm $13,000 like in one year. And I was floored. And I wept. I wept. It was like 9.15 at night. I wept in my room and I cried and cried and cried because I had been going through this whole entire year, like calculating everything. I didn't have more than $20 to spend per month on myself. That $20 Mm. was going towards groceries. So anything more than that, I had nothing to spend on myself. I couldn't buy myself shoes. I couldn't buy earrings. I couldn't buy nothing. So to be able to have reduced my debt by $13,000 at that point, oh, I wept mm. and cried and I prayed for you. I prayed for you, Bola. I'm like, Aww. God bless Bola, wherever she is. I know where she is, but God bless her because all of these things that I've been able to do is because of the things that I've learned over time from her. Yes, I'm not where I want to be, but I've made progress. I've and been you know, don't able make me cry. <laughs> you should cry because you are that influential. You have no idea how you have transformed my life. And in that way, my daughter's life. You have been a rock. You have been a rock. You're not, you don't feel like you're doing anything, but I promise you this. You are. You really, really are. So thank you. Thank you, Anita. And I am so proud of you. Like I said, I, I watch your progress and, you know, like you are the perfect person to be a clever finance mentor because a lot of times when people are going through a journey, they want people who they can relate to who have just been through the journey or who are actively, who have actively gone past a step that they're trying to get through. And I firmly believe that when someone is going on a journey, that relatability and that accountability is so key. And I love what you bring with what you have learned to other women to help other women change their lives. And at the end of every call, we always have that um, survey and people always say, I love talking to Anita. She really helped me. She identified with my issues. She had experienced the same thing I could. She gave me really practical tips of what she's doing. So thank you for not just improving yourself, but now paying it forward to helping other women change their lives as well. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's definitely my pleasure. <laughs> so on that note, you know, I'm saying what I think you, uh, of your work as a mentor, but I'd love for you to share what have you found most rewarding being a Clever Girl Finance Mentor? 
Um, the most rewarding piece really is just helping women understand. So the, some of the clients that call in, helping them realize that they're not alone, that majority of us have made mistakes and it's perfectly fine. The point is how do we learn from our mistakes and move forward? It's always really rewarding when, you know, a, a, a woman will say, oh, wow, you know, I never thought about this. Or I never thought about that. Thank you so much for, um, you know, sharing your own story. I always try to, 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 to find how I can relate to what they're going through. I've had women who are going through divorces or they've just gone through a divorce or they're single parents or they're college kids. And I can and tell them, you know, about my experience as a college kid getting in $2,000 worth of debt because I didn't know anything about credit cards. I just figured, okay, it's a credit card. You know, this is free money. I forgot that I have to pay this credit card off. Hmm. Yeah, that is, you know, so just being able to relate with all of these women, I share my experiences and having them learn from what I've been through, how they can apply it to their lives. It's just, it's a very rewarding um, aspect for me. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you find it rewarding. And for anyone listening, by the way, these mentor calls are completely free. There is no obligation, no charge, no nothing from you um, when you sign up for a Clever Girl Finance course. So Thank you, Anita. So before I let you go, I still have a couple more questions. Um, for anyone mm-hmm. listening to this who is currently where you used to be, no income, low income, navigating a divorce, single motherhood, what advice would you give them um, for this season of their lives? My advice would be to take it one day at a time. Okay. Um, there just sometimes you can't rush the process. You just can't. So take it one day at a time. I know that it's hard. I know that it seems like it's an insurmountable um, um, hill that you just can't climb or a mountain that uh, you just can't climb, but take it one day at a time. What I would say too is track your progress because um, from like I mentioned earlier, I hadn't tracked my progress in a year and then a year later on was when I found out how much money I paid off in debt. Track your progress. It might be slower than you want. It might be faster than you want, but at least it shows you how much you've done, how well you have done. And if there are any points where you need to make adjustments to improve upon, you can go ahead and do that. That's great advice. Um, Those small steps, the small progress, it all adds up into a big deal. And even I have to remind myself to count the small progress. So wherever you are with your finances, with your life, you're trying to make progress, you're trying to turn things around. Anita, what you said is just is just really great advice. I would also say to make realistic goals. <laughs> because I remember, and I say this, you know, when I'm on my Clever Girl Finance Mentor calls, I always tell everyone, make sure you make realistic goals because I believe it was, beginning of 2019 I said to myself like you know what I'm going to get out of debt this year woohoo yeah I'm going to pay off all this debt and I'll be I'll be I'll be completely debt free right that was what I had written as my goal and then I watched your video on making realistic goals and it made me stop and think like okay wait this is how much money I owe (laughs) number one this is how much money I'm earning this is how much my expenses are. 
He doesn't correlate. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> so my dream of paying off debt this year, unless it's by magic, unless Jesus comes and gives me $5 million, it's not going to happen. So I adjusted my timeline and it's perfectly okay to adjust your timeline. Out further, yes. And one thing to keep in mind that realistic goals does not mean simple or goals that will not challenge you. You can certainly create goals that will challenge the heck out of you, but they will still be realistic. Mm -hmm. And it's so important because of what you said is because when people set unrealistic goals, sometimes the defeat from not achieving that already unrealistic goal will just stop them from even doing anything at all. Exactly. exactly. So because it, you end up disappointing yourself and feeling like, well, I can't do it at all. Mm-hmm. But you can. You just have you can. to modify it a little bit. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much, Anita. Um, you have to tell everyone what is your clever girl superpower. My clever girl superpower is paying off debt because I have. <laughs> I just have a debt. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to see. American Express saying, oh, hey, Anita, you owe this much. No, I don't. I'm paying it off immediately. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love that superpower. (laughs) Thank you. And finally, how can everyone keep in touch with you? Um, Listen to your podcast, visit your website, book a call with you as a Clever Girl Finance Mentor, share all your good stuff. All right. So if you want to keep up with me in my blogger life it's uh, com. i haven't been updating i'm sorry guys um but i do update my instagram pretty often which is at berrydakara b-e-r-r-y-d-a-k-a-r-a and as i mentioned i am a podcaster as well and i talk about all kinds of topics related to motherhood for the modern african woman and that is at mommy oyoyo on instagram and www.mommyoyoyo.com um just search for mommy oyoyo m-o-m-m-y-o-y-o-y-o on your podcast player and i promise you you will find something that you enjoy and hopefully bola is going to be on our call talking about motherhood and finances very soon yes we got this one together we'll get that one together And not next year. We'll do it this this year. Okay. Soon. In a few <laughs> weeks slash months, we'll do it. <laughs> Amen. And of course, you can always book a Clever Girl a Finance mentor call with me. Just go to clevergirlfinance.com when you sign up. And remember, the platform is free. So you can sign up and um, book a call, book a mentor call. And hopefully you um, get to speak with me or one of the other wonderful mentors. And we'll be sure to link your blog and your podcast um, in the show notes as well, Anita. So thank you so, so much for sparing the time um, to come on the podcast um, and share your story with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an awesome, awesome time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.